Welcome to the Next Chapter Podcast. Whether you were going from high school to college, from college to the real world, from nine to five to entrepreneur, or literally anything in between, we are here to help you turn the page from dreams to reality. Welcome back to the Next Chapter Podcast, where we help turn the page from dreams to reality. Today, we're going to be doing something that we did in the past. We're going to be looking at the case, looking at a case study of someone famous's life. Today, we're going to be looking at Alex Hermosi. For the people out there who are listening who don't know and have never heard of Alex Hermosi, what would you say to sum him up? To sum him up, I would say high-level entrepreneur. <laughs> um, he has a lot of valuable insight on the business world, ton of different industries. Uh, he's a podcast host, entrepreneur, influencer, speaker, all of those things. What is he most well known for? I would say currently his acquisition.com and his podcast. What does he do for people? He provides value and works with high level companies to bring them to the next level. Nice. I think he puts out a lot of free game that people can appreciate. And that's one of his big goals is to reach a lot of people, even if you don't have money. So his book is 99 cents because you can't make it a dollar on Amazon. Um, is, it, is it really only 99 cents? Mm-hmm. For the ebook, yeah. Nice. That's lit. Um, but then he put it out free on his podcast. Um, his whole business is based with partnering with people and it's providing free value before you get to a certain point before it gets equity in your business. Um, so it's really like he goes above and beyond and shows you that he can provide value before you even give any money to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just goes to show like a couple weeks ago, he did a live event and it actually set the record for the highest, the most viewed live event in like entrepreneurship of all time and it was absolutely free and um i remember seeing posts about it because like everybody these days that has some level of success they want everybody to pay them to like give their secret and alex is like the best in the industry right now and he's just like i'm gonna give you all my secrets for free so it was pretty cool to see like someone with that much value he wants to just help everyone whereas a lot of people that are way below him are like no you need to pay me the X amount of dollars because I know so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Grant Cardone who said, maybe you're thinking something similar, Eric, where he was talking about ticket prices, or maybe I read this in his book, he was talking about ticket prices and say a ticket price to one of his events where he's giving out game is like $300. And then he did a sale on his next event where it was only like $100. And people didn't show up to that $100 event because they thought that it was so cheap that he wasn't going to be there. Or they thought it was so mm-hmm. cheap that they wouldn't get value out of it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you remember that? So, like, do you think that it's free? You're not going to get as much value out of it? or? No, I don't, I don't think that's really relevant. I just brought it up to say, like, that he just he wants to provide a lot. Like, he has a podcast, and he brings a lot mm, of good examples okay. to it. Like, yeah, I don't think that. I think that's just a sidetrack. Yeah. I think obviously if you pay for something, you're going to get more value because you have more dedication to it than having something that's free. But I really feel like he's doing it for a good purpose of trying to help a lot of people. Yes, he's just a good dude. Great dude. How so? (laughs) Dude, he has philanthropies, bro. Does he? I don't know. I just made that up, but I assume he does. Yeah, he probably does. He works with Mr. Beast. Does he? No, I made that up too. <laughs> <laughs> but he probably does a lot of stuff like that. 
Yeah. So let's get to talking about his early life then. When I looked his early life up, I couldn't find anything on videos that weren't him, given I did 10 minutes of research. I really couldn't find stuff about him, like, as a little kid. Could you guys find stuff? So I, from listening to him for a while now, um, I've heard bits and pieces. I don't know his whole, like, childhood, but basically his parents were from Iran, and they were immigrants, um, so he grew up in that kind of lifestyle. Was Did he born, grow up in Iran? No, he was born in America. And his parents were basically just like, you need to work, because they were immigrants. I mean, immigrants are very hardworking people. And they're like, you need to work hard, get a job, like basically the the track that a lot of kids are on. And um, he, at a younger age, was like, understood that really wasn't for him. Um, he went to college, but then after that, he basically decided he was going to leave his parents' house and just move out on his own. And I remember him saying one time that he ended up like packing up his car and leaving and he went several hours before he even called his dad just to make sure that there was no a point of no return. Like he was like, I'm gone. I'm halfway across the country before, you know, you can ever put it, give me any input. And his dad like kind of disowned him for it. And he was like, no, like this is my life. This is what I'm going to do. And um, he's talked about a while that he doesn't have like the greatest relationship with his parents just because they kind of doubted him and didn't really support all of his goals. Um, but he just understood he needed to do it for himself and make the best decision for his current goals. That's crazy. He got doubted by his parents, but like, I feel like that's a lot of parents. A lot of parents will doubt you whenever you have something crazy, but realistically, they just want the best for you. And especially with immigrant, immigrant parents, they want you to do the, the steady thing where you live the old school American dream and you have that security that everyone wants. And I guess I can kind of understand that because they came here and risked whatever they had to risk to get here to give him a better life than he was like, nah, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Mm. Deuces. Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah. So I remember he originally moved out to California and because he didn't have a lot of money, he was living with like seven other people at the same time. He was sharing a room with someone. They all had dogs, they all had girlfriends. Like the house was just crowded. Um, it was, a, it was, he said it was trashy, but that's what he needed. He needed cheap rent. He needed to be in a location where he could make money and really just cut all expenses so he was basically living out of there had a car that was super cheap and um he started because he just had a, a passion for working out and fitness so he started training people that's really what launched his passion for a gym business um just by training people and then he understood that he was good at it because he showed that he had results and he was proving results to other people and then he started to explain like hey i can now help gyms with this because i'm getting a lot of exposure I can help gyms do the same thing by increasing their members per month. That was his first business that he had started? Yeah, it was like a side hustle to start, and then that would, uh, became Gym Launch. And Gym Launch was basically, he would go and help gyms across the country. It started locally, and then he realized um, he could do like turnarounds. So he would fly out to a city, he would do all the work, revamp their marketing, and he wouldn't charge anything up front. Um, he was like, I'll redo your marketing, advertising, everything, but I'll get 100% of the revenue you pull in when I'm there. So if he's there for a week, any member that signs up, so if the membership for the gym is $100 and you get you know, 100 people to sign up, he gets 10 grand, he goes home. And then now that gym has all the recurrent revenue. If those members stay for years, they have $100 every single month. So he would start doing that and he would just make a ton of money for the gyms and make a ton of money for himself. Um, but he was on the road all the time. And I think that's when Layla started coming to the picture, his now wife. And 
I saw a tweet from her recently that she was like, when we started gym launch, we would stay at extended stays, which are like motels. She's like, we would um, eat at 7-Eleven and we just made ends meet. We had no money, but we were on the go. We we're hustling. We had a goal in mind and that's what we had to do to, you know, pursue what we wanted. Yeah. And before we get to that, cause like, that's cool to talk about and we should really hammer on that. But, um, even with, gym launch he was so confident in himself that he could say i'm gonna invest this thousands of dollars into the business because i know i'm good enough to get my return and i think that's what differentiates himself from a lot of people because he's not scared to be like 10 toes in yeah like he said he would be um traveling on his own budget he'd be paying for hotels he'd be eating like no one would pay him to do that and then he'd go in and revamp the gym on his own budget. Mm-hmm. And then he would get money as soon as people start to pay, pay the gym. Mm-hmm. And he would get the first results. And that, that's crazy to me that he would go in knowing that he doesn't need any money to do it, but he's already going to invest because he knows he can do it. Yep. He knows he can deliver on the results or deliver on his promises. Mm-hmm. And that really stemmed from his own journey starting his own business like he started a gym in california and um got to a point where he was sleeping in the gym to be fully invested into it just you know cutting all expenses like i said before about the other way he was paying rent um but then like that was that was his baby i mean he was growing the gym all by himself um he was showing people what was possible because other gym owners from across the world were making like next to nothing and he was packing his gym and it was a great experience for everyone. Um, so he was, he really got to see, you know, if I can go all in on my own business, how can I help other people with that same passion, that same drive and completely turn around their business and make money doing it. His business model is kind of crazy. It's kind of sick. Like you go up to any gym, literally any gym, be like, let me revamp you by spending however many thousands on marketing, try to get new customers in here. Who's going to say no to that? Mm -hmm. You can literally go anywhere to any gym in any place and be like, let me do this for you. Since it's literally no risk to the gym, he's putting all his own money up. That's such a great business model. And and no, the thing is, it's such a great offer. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's such a great offer. And that's what he tells people about. Make it so great that it's irresistible yeah, for you people literally to say, say no yeah mm-hmm. you'd be dumb to say no to that yeah there was a story he shared in his book um about an event that he was holding and they took a picture at the event of all the people there and his dad saw the picture and he called him and he said i thought this was for your top clients not all of your clients he's like no these are just my top clients it was like 100 let's say 100 people i forget the exact number and um he's like you have more than a hundred clients. Like that was, those are just your top people. He's like, yeah. And he's like, and they all pay you $45,000 a year. He goes, yeah. And his dad like was in disbelief. Like, are you scamming people? Like, are they getting results? Like, how are you doing this? And he's like, I'm giving them results. Like it's simple. And, um, his dad's like, why are people doing this? And he said, well, if I told you that I could make you almost $300,000 extra a year, would you give me $45,000? He's like, yeah, but do I have to pay up front? He's like, no, just pay whenever it comes in. And he's like, Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. And it's, it was so funny. Like this traditional thought from his dad was just like, you're scamming people, no way. And then now he's just like, oh yeah, that, that, that is sense. irresistible. Yeah. And Alex is doing it at a high scale. Like the event of, let's say a hundred people, those are just the top clients. He has so many more just because he got so good at it. Um, there was a lot of ups and downs before that, but you know, he got to a point where he was just like, I can now control 
gyms across the country without even flying out there and just copy and paste every single one. It's crazy. So smart. Yeah, I think it's interesting how we got into the scenario, though. I mean, it's a whole story to get there, but he was um, doing gym launch, going around the country, launching gyms, and this consumed most of his time. But when he didn't have the money to do anything, and he hopped on a sales call, and the dude needed to launch his gym, one of his clients needed to launch his gym, but Alex couldn't afford it, mm-hmm. couldn't afford to travel. He had other things he had to worry about. He's like, how about I just tell you how to do it? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, name your price. And he said $6,000 because he wanted him to hop off the call. And he said, sure, I'll pay you $6,000. Yep. And he's like, what? He'll pay me $6,000 to tell him how I do my job? And that's what got him transitioned to being able to like essentially coach gyms where he doesn't have to go in and do everything himself. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. actually wild. Yeah, and it was like that realization that he could spread his knowledge and people will pay him for it. Mm-hmm. And it made it a lot easier on him and he made a lot more money being able to do that. Yeah, and then that blueprint he was able to translate to, I know he did chiropractors, I forget other other industries that he was doing, but he was basically basically like, all the same thing i know how to get people in the door i know how to keep them i know how to market advertise i'm just going to do it for this 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 and he was just crushing it in all these different arenas just because he had the blueprint and he just sold it to people and then they ran with it smart yeah it'd be hard for any business to to turn down such a great offer but as i also saw he had said that he was making a decent amount of money from his gym launch business but he came away with almost nothing in earnings because his spending was so high. So he said, I made millions in revenue per month or per year, but I was coming home with nothing in profit. Yeah, his spending was high at the time. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so for someone like you, you you'd say like, I'm, I'm making $10,000 from 10 gyms every month. And you're going to be making like a ton of money every year. But then... You have also high expenses. How do you get out of that trap? Or like, what, what did he do to get out of that trap of you see a big figure coming in, but you need to transition to the point where now you need to turn it into profit and not just revenue? I think the only thing you can do is figure out how to minimize costs. And to him, it was literally that idea of I can sell it because it was when he was in the tank. So the story goes, his business partner, who he was going to do a gym launch with, had um he fronted 40 it was like 40 it was it was around fifty thousand dollars to keep the gym afloat so um alex put it in with him they had a joint bank account for the gym this is what it was supposed to be well what happened was forty six thousand dollars five hundred forty six thousand five hundred dollars was sent out of the account one morning and it was from the business partner and he sent it to himself all of the money Alex made from all the gym launches in the past was gone. And he, he had people hired at the time and he needed to pay his salesperson. He had, um, he had about, I think it was $120,000 that he had to owe to someone mm-hmm. or owe to people. I think he had like 120 in the bank and he owed like 115. Yeah, something like that. But he couldn't take out 120. Because for I, I, he didn't really explain the story in his book, but 
legally he told them like to keep the money or something that's what it was where the bank wouldn't let him pull it out and they like they can hold it apparently they yeah they were whole i, I forget what the purpose was but uh-huh. he just didn't have access to it and they were like yeah. i think they were auditing him yep. and they had to wait like six months for it mm, and yeah. um he just had to pull from his personal account because he was like i need to pay him and just cut the corner or cut the the ties and just yeah yeah it was it was during the first time whenever his business had went down and he was refunding everybody they had thought that he was running an online business and under his contract it was supposed to be for a brick and mortar business Mm. so they thought what he was doing was illegal because he was refunding people Mm. so they said i'm gonna withhold all of your money for six months yeah he needed it and then so that got him into the position where he's like dang i need a hundred thousand dollars and i need it in 30 days because he can't tap into those funds. Mm-hmm. So what he did was each day try to figure out a way. So sell gyms. Layla was selling her um, coaching, her uh, fitness coaching. Yeah. So she did fitness coaching as well. Layla was selling that. And Layla was doing good with sales calls. She was closing a lot of them. But it was, I think it was $800 every call. And sure, she was closing a couple of day. And that's good money, $2,000 a day, but it's not going to get them to $100,000, which is what he needed to stay afloat. And that's when he came to the realization after he hopped off with the sales call or the sales call with that one dude who he said he'll take $6,000 to have to learn Hermosi's plan. And then he did it with the next person. It was $8,000 and then continue doing it, $10,000, $15,000, and people would pay a lot of money for it. And people would pay more money than he was making before. And he wouldn't actually have to fly out to these places. He could type something from online and send it to him of how he would do it. Mm-hmm. So that's how he cut his expenses. That's crazy. Yeah, before it was he's paying for everything because he's there in person. He's spending 20 days at a gym. Then he's going to the next place. Now he's not doing that anymore. And he figured out a way to monetize it and help people in a different sense. Mm-hmm. That's sick. Yeah, that is smart. Going back to your question about the profit, I think it's hard for us to understand the mindset behind it because I think when you have a successful business, you're less worried about what you take home on a daily basis. You're more concerned about what it can be in the future, what it's going to be valued. Because I think in today's day and age with hustle culture, everyone's worried about how quickly can I get a Lamborghini? How quickly can I flex something material wise? But the true people that are trying to build something that lasts a long time, they don't care about what they make in a year because they want to sell something for a hundred million dollars. That's the big payday for them. It's not what they take. The CEO takes home every year. It's like if he wasn't worried about the long game all throughout gym launch, he would not be where he was today because he'd just be trying to stuff his pockets with cash. But he's building an asset that now he sold and got a ton of money to lead to his next venture. So I think for us, it's easy to look at and say like, you know, oh, you should be profitable and you want to make money and be comfortable and, you know, have all these, you know, luxuries but for him, it's like, this is going to work. I'm going to put everything into it. Even if I can cut expenses, I'm going to keep putting stuff into it and keep investing into it because soon this is going to be the biggest thing ever. And I'm going to sell it for that. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I was only asking because when he said he was making millions in revenue but not making anything, he said he spread himself too thin and he like could barely afford anything. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like asking, like, how do you turn like millions into not even like profitability to go buy a Lamborghini, but like just so you can like live. Yeah. I think that was also when he was doing other industries, like I mentioned, because there was one point where he was like 
spread thin like that and he even mentioned it before he's like i was running like seven different things at once he's like yeah. it was too much he's he like six gyms and two agencies yeah he's like i just had to go all in on one um so he ended up niching niching down um and it helped him a lot and it just shows like how on our on our on our last episode we had talked about whenever you're doing too many things you really can't be good at all of them mm-hmm. just like what he did he spread himself way too thin so he wasn't great at any one thing they were just all like mid things that were kind of draining what he was focusing on yeah and it's really interesting because he sold seven businesses in his career so far and the biggest one the one that's iconic that he talks about is gym launch but once he got that up and profitable and to a good valuation he was like i'm going to start a supplement company because he's like how great would it be if every gym that i run i have supplements in there and just you know i get members and i get people buy my supplements like it's a win-win but he even says now, like, that's one of his biggest regrets. Even though he sold that company for a lot of money, he was like, what if I, instead of distracting myself with more time towards the supplements, what if I just went even more all in on the gyms? Because let's say the gym business was worth $100 million, the supplement was 115 He's like, if I went all in on the gym business, it wouldn't be $115 million. It might have been $200 million because I was just all in. It would be, you know, the compound effect of more time and more effort. So... Um, it's very interesting. Even if you have success in like another side hustle, sometimes, you know, he's showing us that he regrets having that side hustle because he's like, I could have gone all in on just one thing and been even more successful at it. It's just a good lesson for anyone just to go all in on. If you're not on all in on anything, go all in on something. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, one thing I want to point out with kind of his mindset of learning everything because he was on a journey that's similar to a lot of people today's day and age with entrepreneurship. Um, They don't really know much. They don't know like what business they want to get into. They just, you know, want to give themselves an opportunity. They want to believe in themselves. And that's what he did. And he mentioned in his book that he was going to events and he's like, I felt like I was the dumbest one in the room. I was trying to keep up with the conversation. I had no idea what they were talking about, the lingo, the conversation. It's like, I was lost. It was a different language to me. And most people shy away from that and they're scared because they, they don't want to seem like they're stupid or they're poor. But he was like, I'm just going to learn as much as possible. And there was one moment um, in his life, I forget where this lines up in the timeline, but he was like, I really want to learn um, marketing, digital marketing. And he's like, I didn't know that mentors were a thing, coaches were a thing, but he's like, I connected with someone that was really good at Facebook ads. And he's like, I need to learn Facebook ads. And this guy was in contact with him and he he's like alex i'll do your facebook ads for you here's my price and he was like i don't want you to do it for me i'll pay you but i want you to sit with me and you just i'll click you just direct me on what to do and so they just sat together i think he paid him like fifty thousand dollars for like four sessions and he got to a point where he was like after a couple of sessions i knew it i had it down like he showed me what to do and then now like that fifty thousand was worth so much more because he learned the skill and that was his first experience of a mentor or a coach um, that paid off for him, that he invested into himself and learned a skill that now he's using for all these different businesses, which is pretty cool. Like he understood that there was a gap in his knowledge. There was a gap in his life and his goals. And he's like, I'm going to look for someone to help me. And I'm going to seem dumb. And I'm going to put money out there because this is important to me to grow. Yeah, that's, a, that's another big thing. The people that we really look at in these series of analyzing their lives they always have mentors and someone to show them Mm -hmm. and they never or most of the time they don't want to feel like they're too smart to learn something 
especially when you can take advantage of resources and have someone help you where you don't understand something, that's going to change your timeline tremendously. You're going to be able to learn something much faster and you're going to be able to exponent- exponentially grow something where you currently had no knowledge in mm-hmm. or previously had no knowledge in. Yeah, agreed. Another thing that's interesting to me about him is his like distaste for material objects. Like, yeah, he doesn't care funny. at all. Dude, I'll, every time I see him, the first time I saw him, I was like, who is this guy? This big goofy looking dude with a big beard and a flannel and a tank top and sandals and mm-hmm. flip flops. Like, what is he wearing? Yeah. And like, he doesn't have nice cars. Um, I'm not sure what his house looks like, but like the content that he records, it's not like it's some mansion. You know, it's most of the time he's working in like a, a closet, it looks like. So it's very interesting because a lot of people like do it for the money to spend on things. But he's like, I don't care about money. I remember watching a video of him and Layla talk about the first time they took a private jet. And he was like, I never needed to take a private jet when I was younger. I had the money for it, but he's like, the only reason I did it was because they were in, I think it was Puerto Rico and there's a hurricane coming and all the flights like Southwest American, they're all booked up. Like they could not leave the Island. So he's like, I just called a jet and they helped me. He's, and he says, that's the first time that money actually served a purpose for me. That's crazy. Like saved me. And he had millions of dollars in the bank. Um, but like, he just doesn't like material objects. And it's crazy because most people want to reward themselves with that kind of stuff, even if they're not like passionate about like nice cars or clothes or just like, I want something nice for myself to show like, you know, I'm doing good. Um, but him, it's just a bigger purpose. Like he just wants to build an empire. He doesn't want to have kids. Like there's nothing to him. Like he says he doesn't even believe in legacy because one of his distant grandfathers was like a prince in Iran. And he's like, really? he's like, nobody remembers him anymore. He was royalty. Nobody knows his name. He's on history books. doesn't matter. So he's like, if he can't be, remember with legacy how am i going to be remembered so like i don't know what his like yeah so what's he trying to do then i don't know i i think it's just like that it factor that like we talked about steve jobs before doing all these crazy things it's just some people are just like it's in their nature and their dna just to build and just never stop and i think he's just one of those guys it really makes me wonder like what is he doing that what is he what does he do with all that money like if he doesn't really believe in because a lot of people would be like generational wealth, just save it mm-hmm. for your kids and their kids and their kids and they, they'll be set forever. But for him, I didn't know that he doesn't want to have kids. Yeah. That's what I've heard before. Yeah. Okay, so he doesn't want to have kids. So like, what is he planning on doing with that money? I don't really know what he does for any sort of philanthropy. So like, like seriously, what does he do with all that? Mm-hmm. Does he just build a business for the rush of like, okay, let's yeah. see, let's see how just far put it right back go. into it. Yeah. Or to just help as many people possible and spread his name. I mean, that's why he provides free game, because he doesn't need the money. Mm-hmm. He shows he doesn't need the money by making his book 99 cents. Yeah. Like, that's after true. he did his event, I was talking to Eric about this after he posted on his Instagram. Because he gets, like, anybody at that level, they're going to get hate at some point. No matter how good you are, how much value you provide, someone's sure. going to hate. And he posted, like, a screenshot and a story of his podcast. And he goes, here's for everyone that think th- thinks that I make my money off of a $13 book on Amazon. Here, it's for free now on my podcast and links it and he put every single episode <laughs> or every single chapter on his podcast for free like literally you can go on right now on spotify apple Podcasts, whatever and listen to his book that's hardcover 13 dollars, kindle copy 99 cents he's like i don't make my money doing that and he's like i don't care to make money doing that i just want to help people um which is really cool and like that is, cool. that is the most information dense podcast i've ever listened to like consistently like some people have good episodes he just crushes it every time he's just super raw and like even the interviews like i've i've watched interviews with him 
and some people just can't even keep up with him. Like they just, he just had a different level of intelligence and experience that it's tough to like carry on a conversation with him just cause he, he knows everything. Uh, but there's a few that like, they, they know how to talk to him and ask the right questions. And he just, he uncovers everything, you know, he just wants to teach and um, show what you can do to become successful, which is lacking in today's world, but he's given it for free. Yeah, he really doesn't care about the money. That is crazy. To give a book out on Apple Music, or not on Apple Music, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts for free, that's kind of crazy. Because mm-hmm. that could be a big payday for someone. That could literally set someone up for life if it's a good enough book and yeah. many people buy it, but he doesn't care about that. I want to go back and, because I just thought about this right now, you guys, did you know he got a DUI? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That shocked me. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think, I think talking about that, um, when it rains, it pours really pertains to that part of his life yep. because that's when his business part in a 30 day period, his business partner stole everything he had built with gym launch for, I think it was like five years. And that was the $50,000 that he had mm-hmm. business partner stole that his mom got in a near fatal accident and he got on a head on collision at 60 miles per hour in and got DUI. charged with the DUI. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And he had a thousand dollars left in the bank account and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Whenever. And they just like the support that he had from Layla at the time is unmatched. Yeah, like, that's unmatched. She the, is a W woman. Mm-hmm. The way that she supports him, understands him, like that is a very unreasonable person to most. Like, yeah. I want to work this much. I want to do this. These are my goals. Like, not many people can understand that. And she's there with him the whole time, um, matching him, even pushing him to go even further. And, you know, there's times where he talks about like, you need to be with someone that believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And he's like, that's who she is. She thinks I can do more than I can. I think that I can do myself, um, which is crazy. Like if you want to go to the extreme measures he does, not only do you need someone with your, by your side to help you, but you need someone that's going to be extra supportive, extra believe belief in you um, to actually achieve those big goals. And willing to build it with you. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't there when he had anything and she didn't need him to be like super, rich and successful she just believed in him mm-hmm. which is the wildest part yeah what did she say to him after he, he quote-unquote failed if um well he said you, he said to her um I'm, I'm a sinking ship you should just leave me and she said i'd sleep with you under a bridge if it came to that mm-hmm. and that's powerful man yeah it's crazy that is insane yeah she gave him that option after he lost all the money and the bank withheld it and all he had was a thousand dollars to his name and he needed well, that was on December 24th, the day before Christmas. And by December 26th, he needed $100,000. Mm-hmm. And he didn't think he could do it. Yeah, and then when they were both on that venture together to make that 100000 in a month, it's not like she was just sitting there cheering him on. She was cheering him on, and she was doing work with him. She yeah. was on sales calls. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. She's, like, getting in there, building it with him. She's not just someone watching from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. She cares enough to... And she's boss enough to do it herself, like how, help help out and not just motivate. Yep. How important do you guys think that is to have like a partner like that, like a like a wife or something like that? That's that's that motivating and supportive. I think it's necessary. I think it's hard to find people that are successful at that level without a strong companion. Like most single guys don't make it that far, in my opinion. Some do. Um, and you don't see someone that's like in a toxic relationship up that high. Like, I think if mm-hmm. you really need to true. elevate like that, like it's a, not just 
important. It's a necessity and a requirement to find someone that's going to push you to get there. Yeah, I was going to say, I would even go as far to say as it's everything. Because um, if you have a partner and you're trying to build something and they don't believe in you and it's chaos outside of the business, you're either going to sell yourself short and not do or live to your full potential because you're going to let them tear down your dreams or you're just not going to want to try as hard because they don't have the ambition to. So if you can have someone that matches your energy, that's going to be like the best thing for you Mm -hmm. because like Alex said it, like without Layla, he would be nothing. Like he dedicated the books to her. You're my ride or die. He said, yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on is his mindset and his habits. Um, He's not very woo-woo in the sense of like, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to have a morning routine. Like he just wants to work. Like that's all he wants to do. He said before he doesn't have hobbies. Like he's just a grinder. And he has a really good quote because, you know, like I said, a lot of people, they're doing the, and this all has benefit, but they're doing meditation, affirmations, journaling. He doesn't do any of that stuff. And he has a famous quote that goes, you don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by having a stack of undeniable proof that you are exactly who you say you are. Confidence without evidence is delusion. Give yourself so much goddamn proof that you are the version of yourself you want to be and you'll become them. Outwork your self-doubt. And there was a podcast that um, someone was interviewing Goggins on and it was Chris Williamson. And Chris said, this is a quote that my friend Alex has. And he said it to Goggins and Goggins like nailed it, which is impressive. Goggins Mm -hmm. doesn't give many people credit, but he's like, that's 100% accurate. Um, So I just want to ask you guys, because like, I'll, I'll get into it at the end of our last segment, but Alex doesn't have a morning routine. He says he wakes up and he works immediately. He works like 16 hours a day. Um, he doesn't do all of like the, the habits that most people do. Like he, I don't know if he reads, I'm not sure his day to day with that kind of stuff, but he just wants to work. So what do you guys think about all that? I, I think things are beneficial towards certain people. And I think in a sense, if you, um, read every day and you work out every day i think to an extent it could be like productive procrastination where you're just filling your day yeah and Mm -hmm. i think there are times in your life where i i think life is very seasonal where you need to implement that stuff so you can learn discipline and so you can get your mind right and so you can get your body right but i also think there's times where maybe you don't have to wake up early maybe you don't have to say affirmations in the mirror and maybe it's okay if you don't hit all that stuff 100 percent Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone really is different. And I think the most important thing when actually going through that stuff is to find out what speaks to you and what works for you. Because if you're forcing yourself to listen to podcasts every day and you know that you're not retaining any of the information, maybe it is best for you just to um, read a book without listening to any podcast in a day because it's just wasting time thinking you're actually being productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. But, like, to go back to your question exactly, how do I feel about working all day? I don't think I could personally do that. I, I just genu- genuinely don't think I have the attention span or the discipline to just get up, get straight to grinding mm-hmm. the entire day. That's really hard to do, and I would say that's probably pff, one in a million. Yeah. Maybe one in a billion. Like, that, there's very few people in the world that can actually just get after it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I I just find it so interesting because a lot of these high level entrepreneurs in our society are like they swear by some habit. Yeah. They're either like read, 
cold plunge, meditate. They have something, but he's just like nothing, just, just work. Do it. Yeah, which is it's rare. And like a lot of people, they look for the small things they can do. Like they'll look for someone to, to tell them, read ten pages, and you'll change your life, and they'll latch onto that. And like you hear Alex say, like, no, don't do any of that, just work. And they're like, what? Like freaking out, like. You know, that's what it takes, but he's like, yeah, like, just work. There's nothing else to it. Just If you want to get some more, work for it. I definitely agree with him, though, mm-hmm. because I think you see all the time where it's like, yeah, like you said, read 10 pages and it'll change your life. That's, like, to start to get you to change your life. It's, like, a step to get you in the right direction if you're moving in the wrong direction. But him, he's just full action. You know what you have to do? Just go work at it. Yeah. Make it better. Just continue to progress it. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's the most efficient thing that you can do. I honestly. think that's the thing. He ha- he didn't have to. It seems like he had that discipline built into him. He had that motivation, and he knew what he needed to do to get to where he needed to be. And he didn't need to fill his day with this stuff because he had it built into him. Even though he maybe had it built later in his life, mm-hmm. but he didn't have to go through the stages to learn to trust himself. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm I'm gonna bring up this real quick. It's like when Goggins, he's like, I never had this discipline in me. I wasn't born with it. I was a lazy kid. I was a 300-pound dude at one point eating donuts and chocolate milkshakes every day. This discipline didn't come as something I was born with. I had to work for this discipline. Now that I run 200 miles, it's not because I want to. It's because I got to this point where I can do it because I worked hard enough to get to it. It seems like on the outside looking in, Hermosi has been doing this mm-hmm. and he like it seems like he was born with it yeah it didn't it doesn't seem like it was something where he was like okay like now eight hours now 10 hours now 12 it just seems like he can do this and he's been doing this mm-hmm. yeah there is one habit that he is very adamant about and that's working out uh he's a he's jacked like yeah he is jacked <laughs> you know a lot of people look at him from the shoulders up and they're just like he looks like a caveman because he's got long beard and long hair and wears Lumberjack. a hat yeah um but i mean he's a big dude there's reportedly he claims that he gained 35 pounds in six weeks before um so he's always in the gym and yeah okay that's crazy Mm -hmm. um but he's done powerlifting bodybuilding like all this different stuff like that's his thing that that really is what started his entrepreneur journey because he started working in gyms um but there's a few different things that i want to point out and touch on this um some of the stuff that I recently got from him was how he eats his protein. Um, he did an entire episode about this on his podcast a few months ago. And basically his, his message was, we all basically eat the same five things day to day. You know, if you think about what you eat from Monday to Sunday, it's mostly like going to be the five, five of the same meals. So he's like, if you want to eat better, just adjust a little bit in your core meals. So he's like, for me, what I did was I prioritize how much meat I eat in a day. And he said, general rule of thumb is one gram of protein um, per, or 100 grams of protein per pound of protein, or yeah, pound of lean meat. So he's like, for me, I love turkey. So I'll eat two pounds of turkey, I get 200 grams of protein, and that's really all I care about. If I get 200 grams of protein, I'm good, I've done it for years, after that, I'll eat whatever I want. If I have to go to a client dinner, I can have wine, I can have a cheeseburger, I'm going to eat dessert. He has a thing, never skip dessert. He eats dessert every single night. And he's like, I'm just going to do it because I had the protein during the day. Um, he also does full body workouts because he's like, I travel a lot. My, my schedule's inconsistent. I'm going to make sure I'm not skipping chest day every Monday because I'm busy on Mondays. I'm just going to go in, 
every, any single day I can fit a workout in, I'm just going to do full body. I'm going to hit everything. Um, so those are the two main things that I wanted to point out about his, his fitness habits and his diet, um, because it's a little bit unique and different than what most people do, but it obviously works well for him. All I have to say is the vegans are punching the air at how much meat this man <laughs> consumes. Right. That's it. Facts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. I forget what his like entire meal plan was during the day, but he's like, I start with a protein bar. My lunch and dinner is two pounds of meat, whatever I can eat. He's like, I eat cups of rice and stuff. And he's like, that's pretty much it. And then by dinner time, I'm like, I can do whatever I want. I think that's great, though. Dude, it's that, cool. is, that because, is so awesome. Because thinking about it, it's like, okay... I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat. That limits you throwing in all this junk food. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I just need to consume two pounds of meat today. Pause. But Super I just, pause. <laughs> I just need to consume two pounds of meat somehow. And then whatever on top of that is just extra that I can enjoy myself with. And his mindset behind it was really good. He said, most people, they get started with a habit or a new routine and they'll go 100% for about seven days and they fail. Facts. and It's back to zero. Facts. He's like, why not just go 80% good every day? He's like, maybe my diet's not perfect, but I'm going to be pretty damn good every single day of my life mm. that it's just going to be so much better than anyone else. Because you might say, you know, I'm going all in on, you know, no preservative preservatives and no sugar and all this, but how long is that going to last you? You go hundred percent, but a week, two weeks later, you're back to your old habits. He's like, I'll still keep the desserts. I'll still keep the alcohol here and there. But other than that, I'm pretty damn good. So it's really unique because that goes for all of our goals really you might not you might slip up but if he's like if you just keep the same structure and have a little bit of flexibility you're just gonna outlast everyone it's like you go up to someone and be like someone trying to lose weight how would you feel if you could eat ice cream every single day of your life Mm -hmm. and still get to your goals like that's sick dude i I think it's such a good way to do it i think that's the way too um confucius said it doesn't matter how fast you move so long as you keep moving forward Mm -hmm. And that's really what it is. How can you outlast everyone else who's quitting? Yeah. How can you go another day while other people are taking a break? How can you be consistent and do what's required? You don't have to do everything 100% correct, but you just have to do not the bare minimum, but what's required for you to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You guys want some take it or leave it? Um, I think I want to talk about one more thing. Okay. What did you want to talk about? I think Hermosi, we all can look up to in a lot of aspects, especially with what we're doing now. Um, I guess kind of my question revolving around this would be like, what are ways you can kind of emulate him and be like him? Or do you even want to be like him in what aspects of your life? Hmm. That's a good question. I would like to be more like him as far as fully committed to something and providing a lot of value to others. Um, that's something that he does at a very high level. Number one with being fully committed, he's sold businesses. He's building a huge business right now. And, um, you know, he gives a lot of free value. Like he starts every podcast by saying, I wish that Buffett jobs, all of them, like Elon document their journey towards being billionaires. He's like, I'm going to do it for free. I'm going to show you guys what it takes to get there. That's why he's doing the podcast and the YouTube and everything, because most people, they just become successful and they're just like, yep, I made it. Here's my secrets now, but he's like, I'm going to show you the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I think it's definitely powerful to provide value like that um, because he has a stronger base than most other entrepreneurs out there because of that. 
and just being fully committed. Uh, I mean, whether it's fitness or business or his relationship, I mean, he's bought in on everything and he has a lot more uh, or a, a lot less, I guess, interests or hobbies and mm-hmm. passions than most people. And mm-hmm. it just goes to show if you can have a very selective approach to life and be committed, you're going to be successful at it. Yeah, he has that narrow focus, that vision that he knows where he wants to go. Yeah. What about you? What was the question? What are more ways that you kind of want to emulate him if you would like to be more like Hermosi? The biggest thing that I think of when I think about Hermosi is he's someone who wants to prove himself over and over again before he gives something to someone. So I remember listening to him about talking about his podcast. He was like, a lot of people don't know, but I've had this podcast, I think he said seven years. And he was like, and a lot of, I didn't write, I didn't start this podcast until I had done gym transformations like 10 times to like, could prove that it was not just a fluke, not a one-time thing. The first time I didn't make money, I didn't talk about it. Second time didn't make money, didn't talk about it. It was the third or the 10th time that I was finally able to be like, okay, now I have a routine established. Now I can confidently say that I'm someone who can make someone money in a business. Mm -hmm. He's someone who wants to make himself undeniable to the point where even if he fails, it's not really a problem to him because he has so much directionality and where he wants to go. If I could emulate one thing, it's his directionality and his focus and his persistence in one thing. Yeah, nice. Very similar to Matt's. I think pertaining to like kind of what Matt was saying, um, more so, um, and and you too, kind of like providing that value without asking for anything. And I try to do it today. Um, on one of my cold calls, I um, it, I, I had a, a gatekeeper answer the phone, and I'm like. No, I'll refrain at this time for leaving the message there. Is there an extension or a better time that I can reach uh, the marketing director? And she's like, um, well, no, um, really an email. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I don't want to e- leave an email right now. And she's like, I can send you over to his voice mail. I'm like, okay, that's better than an email because mm-hmm. I could like, at least say something. And when I got transferred over, I was like, I know you get a lot of these calls a day. Um, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to chain or i don't want to ask anything too big of you i know you're advertising as it is right now i just want to take that AdSense and put you on a different platform and then you pay per result what we get what you're already going to pay this month i want to be the one to management without any management fee and we could just do it on a different platform and see how that works mm. and it was kind of like like what you're already going to do i don't want anything from you i just want to get a shot where it's yeah. like where we can get results for you mm-hmm. i like that yeah, yeah, it's a good offer. Yeah. Cool. It, it was definitely it was something different. And that's my thing. It's I've just been trying to learn from him instead of ask, 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 give yeah. first and see how people's responses will change mm-hmm. to that. Well, eventually, if it's give, 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 we could be like, we'll pay you $1,000 to switch to our plan because that's how confident we know that we're going to make you money that you're going to give us our money back in the future. Yep. Like, who, who would say no to that? Like, we're going to pay you $1,000 if you go with us. No management fees. We handle all that. No one. No one ever. No one would say no to that. Every- that that's an offer you, you can't resist, and no one's doing that. Mm-hmm. I know that. No one's doing that. Facts. Nobody's doing that. We just got to get to that point. We just got to get to that point where we're undeniable in what we can provide to the point where we're like, here, we'll give you $1,000 Yeah. just to go with us. No fees. You just pay for the ads. 
man, we'll even pay for the ads. Like, if we get that crazy, we'll just, we just know what we can do. Well, in the same sense, from $100 million offers on the subject of Promosi, he said even that when people have low offers like that, or even if you're just like, basically, it seems like you're begging for business. He's like, people don't respond well because they don't think you're going to actually provide value. He's like, most people in business, they would rather pay a very high ticket because they don't think they're going to get scammed or that this person doesn't know what they're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, I think that sounds good in theory, but like the level that you're mentioning, if you, if you actually provide results, people are going to pay for that. Yeah. You know, that's true. So that's true. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys good for the last segment? Yeah, let's, mm-hmm. what's the last segment, Matt? Let's take, do a new segment presented by Mamitsas. Yep, so we're going to do take it or leave it, a couple habits from Hormozy, see if we want to take them or never do them. Um, so first, he likes to set an alarm to remind him to go to bed at a certain time. He thinks that bedtime is more important than when you wake up, and he sets an alarm. When that alarm goes off, he has to go to bed. What do you guys think about it? I think it is, too. I told you that. Mm-hmm. I said, why do you have a morning routine? Why not just have a nighttime routine and have an alarm to tell you you want to be in bed by? Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. If everything starts from your night, then um, if, if the night dictates how your morning is going to be, it makes more sense to say, I'll get eight hours this night and that's what it'll be. Mm-hmm. I don't do that, but I would honestly do that as opposed to a morning alarm. I think it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So you're taking it? Mm-hmm. But like, what if I'm not tired? What if my what if my you alarm... got stuff to do tomorrow? You got bigger goals, so I still got to just go to bed. Yep, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna take it. I think it's really good because we prepare a lot for our mornings, but we don't prepare for our nights. So our nights can get really like unorganized, and you're wasting time. But if you just say like, "Hey, if I only have an, an hour more to be awake, I'm gonna be really intentional about that hour. I'm gonna go to sleep and I start back up the next day." So I think you can have a lot more structure in your life because, like, how many times do we? All of us lay in bed, scroll on the phone, watch TV. Like it's just a, such such a bad habit. Wait, for, Matt, you do that too? Everyone does it at some oh. point. <laughs> um, you know, the human race just has a terrible habit with you know delaying bedtime, and we always regret it. You know, you always feel tired the next day. So, I definitely like that. Um, another one is he creates a short task list for the next day, the night before. I know we talked about this before. He actually only writes three important things. And he says if he can get those three important things done, it's a productive day. He's not making a list of 20 things to do. He's just focusing on three. And he does that to clear his mind before he goes to bed every night. Take it or leave it. It's a great idea. I don't do that, but I should. I used to write down five. But that was very short-lived because I feel like that was a lot of commitment. Yeah. So maybe three or even two would be a good number. Mm -hmm. I would try to implement it. I'd take it. Agreed. Take it. Me too. Um, we mentioned it before, but the never skip dessert. He per his Instagram story, he eats dessert pretty much every night. Yeah, he he's does. going to crumble cookie, ice cream, mostly easy now. He doesn't really make his own stuff. He doesn't like cooking at all. Um, but take it or leave it. Never skip dessert. Leave it for me. What? I don't need to eat what? It's sorry. Go. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to eat dessert every time. I mean, I don't need, I don't like sweets, but the, just the idea of it, the freedom mm-hmm. that it can give you, like maybe my dessert's going to be a McDonald's cheeseburger. It doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> have to, bro, it doesn't have to be a Sunday from Friendly's, you know, or a Sunday's from Baskin Robbins, you know, like I, I will, I will take it, but my dessert's not going to be 
a cookie sandwich. It doesn't have to be a puppuccino with a zinnuccino. Yeah. <laughs> In Zimbabwe. Yeah. I, I like the flexibility as well. I think it's a cool concept. But, like, my body would just hate myself if I did that. Like, dessert every night would be crazy. I would just feel so sluggish. Like, I definitely wouldn't do it. But, like, if he can handle it, like, it's it's a cool concept. Especially looking the way he does. Yeah. By all means, go for yeah. it, man. Um, one that him and Layla share, they both mentioned this on their own, but they don't take work meetings or calls before noon. They both start working pretty much immediately in the day. They wake up at like five, they get to work, and then that's just deep work time. Afternoon time is when they get on calls and meetings and when they answer to other people. What do you guys think about that? Mm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I feel like more of my deep work, I could do deep work in the afternoon. So I would say... For me personally, what I know about myself, it'd be better to have those meetings and structure for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So I'd kind of like it flip-flop. So I'd say leave it. I would say I disagree with what Eric's saying and agree with what Hermosi's saying. I'm more productive on like the extreme ends of my day. So really early in the morning and really late at night. Once it gets to, say, that 1 p.m. range is when I slow down because I feel like I've already done so much. Mm-hmm. So I would actually really take that because it would add more structure to and more commitment where I'm like, okay, so I have to be responding at this time. Now I have to be answering. And then I could still continue my deep work in those extremes, the, the early the early mornings and the late nights. Yeah. I really like it for the concept of like almost office hours like a professor has in school. Yeah. Like you're not available all the time throughout the day. You're not going to answer phone calls, emails, have people come into your office. It's just like, hey... During this time, you can reach me. And that's what a lot of high performers do. They're just not always available for text or phone calls because they're busy people. It, even if they're not busy, they don't want to be always answering to people and stressing about stuff throughout the day. And I remember seeing posts before with like other entrepreneurs are like, I don't take calls before this time. I don't take calls after this time. If you want to reach me, I'll get back to you when I'm available, um, which is a cool concept because a lot of times like we'll get texts or calls or emails and like we're like instantly like we should respond to this. But if you have more respect for your own time, then you would kind of create like a structure like he does where it's like almost like office hours. So Facts. I would take it. Yeah. Um, last one I have for you guys, is, we mentioned a little bit, but his style. You mentioned <laughs> tank top, flannel if it's cold on top of it, but it always starts with the tank top, jean shorts, sandals. I mean, he does keynote. Crocs. Yeah, no, both of them. He has mm-hmm. keen sandals and Crocs. Um, I've seen him more in sandals, but yeah, I'm sure he does the Crocs as well. And he works out in this. He does keynote keynote speeches in this. Everything flying on a private jet, he's wearing that. And like something funny about like the fitness side of things, he started to make his own tank top because he wouldn't fit in a wife beater. Like it just doesn't didn't fit him well with his chest and his shoulders. So he had to make his own that was comfortable to him. But what do you guys think about that? That's crazy. I think it's great for his branding. Because all people yep. ever know him is that, and then an acquisition hat and t-shirt. Yep. So it's like people know acquisition, but um, no, I, I think honestly, I'm too materialistic where I like things too much. So I would say it's a pass for me. Yeah. I also like nice clothes. I also like to like dress up and look good and no shade to him, but I just don't think, I think he got negative drip. <laughs> I can't lie, but it, I mean, it works for him. It, like Eric says, it, it does great things for his brand. Like, every time you picture Hermosi, I picture him in a red and black flannel mm-hmm. with a hat on, his long beard, yep. and a beater with flip-flops. Like, that's the immediate thing I think of. So, it's great for his brand, but me personally, I like 
I like drip, and I don't think he has drip, so I would leave it. Yeah, I don't think those aren't drip. Those are fire. Bro, what are those? The Grillmaster 44s? So anybody listening to this, we don't have any video, but those are keen sandals. I, I wore those in Boy Scouts one time. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Nice, I, would, I would not have admitted the that. The nice closed-toed <laughs> shoes for your sailing. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I don't have the confidence to dress like that right now, to be real, but I'm going to take it because... I respect the realness. I am not like... A flashy person but i also don't like to share too much about what i'm like who i am or what i'm doing like if i'm just introducing myself if i was at his level i wouldn't shake someone's hand and be like yeah i'm worth this much money and he doesn't seem like that way at all he's just like yeah i'm just alex you know if people didn't know him he just he's fine with that and that's kind of how i am if i was at that level too like i wouldn't need to have a flex of like who i am or try to show like here's how much money i have so I would like it from like a self-confidence standpoint of like, I can roll up anywhere wearing that and people might look at you funny, but you're like, I'm richer than all of you. You just don't know it. Like it would just give me like a mental win that I would just love every single day because people would be like, who is that guy? And some people might know you if you're that famous, but you're just like, yeah, I'm I'm better than all of you guys. I don't care. Yeah, dude, his drip's crazy. Imagine showing up to like a business meeting for like some corporate event where every single person is dressed up in suits and ties. And Alex Hermosi walks in with his flip-flops flopping around and his jean shorts and his beater while everyone's dressed in suits. And he's like, I make more money yeah. than all of and you combined. he's going to crush all of them in conversation, yeah. too. Yeah, and he will. Like, it's, he doesn't do it for confidence. Or he, does, he doesn't do it because he cares about the opinions of others. Mm-hmm. He does it because that's what he wants to do. And that's the ultimate confidence, which I do respect. Yeah. Yeah, I think also just it's very unique. People will just like point out like something different about you. And I think people like even though it's kind of corny, like people gravitate towards that because like everyone wants to dress the same or like have the same things. But he's like so out there that's just like, oh, that's unique and different. Yeah. Unique or special. Unique or special. Yeah. Unique or special. Facts. It's unique or special. Yep. All right. Is that it for this episode? You guys want to add anything else about Mr. Hermosi? I mean, I, I think if anyone doesn't know who he is, it's just Hormozy on all platforms. He has my favorite podcast called The Game. Definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has great content. Anyone that wants to be an entrepreneur, he's got fitness stuff, life stuff, whatever. Um, he has great content and you can never run out of it. Yeah, facts. Well, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the Next Chapter podcast. We upload every Tuesday and Thursday. So be on the lookout for the next episode. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.